0: Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose and make a difference. Thanks again and enjoy today's message from Pastor Jim Kubik. We've been talking about prayer and we're gonna to continue to have conversations about prayer. Um, at least for the next few weeks. But like I told you, I'm, I'm not doing a series. I'm just praying through and asking God why or what would you have me say. Uh, and so this is the sixth or seventh week that we've discussed conversations about prayer. And we're, of course, continuing that today. We have talked about everything, and I'm not going to review them. I ask that you go to SoundCloud or YouTube or something along those lines if you're interested in hearing what's been said about prayer up to this point. But the point is we should be people of prayer. And I know that I've given lip service to this for seven weeks. I've given lip service to this for over six years. That we have to be people of prayer. Why do I keep saying it? because I feel like we're still not grabbing a hold of it. This is not something that we can fake. This is not something we should tell others that we do, when in fact we don't do. That's the sin against them and and against God. When we say we are people of prayer, but we aren't people of prayer. God wants us to be people of prayer because that literally means, take the theology out of it, that just means that we take time to have communion with and talk to the God who loved us enough to create us and save us so that our relationship might grow in width and in depth. When Angela and I got married, I wasn't a hugely emotional fellow. Uh, Well, that's not true. I had emotions. They were just all the wrong ones. (laughs) But I tell you, if in 16 years we didn't have conversation our relationship would have never grown past what it was the day we got married. And so many of us wonder, man, I can't get depth to my relationship with God. I feel like I'm in the same place I was. However long ago it was that you felt you became stagnant or began to backslide. Let me tell you, that may largely have to do with your willingness, your ability to have a conversation with God about where you are, be transparent with him, be honest with him, tell him, tell him, God help me. And the word of God says that he'll be faithful to help us when we do that. And so we've been talking about prayer for the, for all of those reasons. And I'm going to continue that conversation today with a conversation about the reason why I think uh, so many of our prayers just quite honestly haven't been answered yet. And we're not thankful I have two daughters, a grandson, about to have another granddaughter. And I will tell you, I grow weary, as I'm sure some of you do, and have, when you get the constant, can I have, 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 get me this, get me that. And that's all you ever hear from them is a request. But but you don't hear, thank you for having had. Thank you for getting. And quite honestly, it puts us sometime in a place where we don't want to because you haven't acknowledged that it's by my hand that you got what you got. And if that's the way we feel from time to time, and if I'm the only one, I apologize. I don't think that I am. I've had conversations with some of you about your kids and whatnot. But if I were the only one in the room, me being imperfect, God too must deal with some level of frustration that we're not thankful as we should be thankful because the Word of God tells us to be thankful. (coughs) Let me tell you, I'm aware that this slide is misspelled. It's not F-U-L-L, it's F-U-L, but it's on purpose. We should be so full of thanks that it overflows out of us. Amen? Amen? And that's what I want to talk about today Starting with a passage that I read, an excerpt from a book I read by R.T. Kendall, who wrote a book called Thanks. Just that's the whole title, Thanks! He was the pastor at Westminster Cathedral in Europe. And which is, if you don't know about the church, this specific church, it's very high church church, very European mm-hmm. church. And he got up to preach a sermon like he did every, sur- every Sunday, every Wednesday, whenever he normally preached, having had done so for years. And he stood in front of his magnificent pulpit, and it's, it's a magnificent pulpit. He grabs both sides of it, and he, he starts to talk. And according to what he writes, the Spirit of God seized his tongue in that moment. No matter how hard he tried, no matter what he did, he couldn't get an intelligent word out of his mouth. And so he tried and struggled to say something for a minute or two. Finally, the Spirit of God spoke to him in that moment and said, I'm not going to let you declare one more truth out of the Word of God until you become thankful for what you've already been given. And in that high church place, he stepped out of his pulpit, went to the altar, and just prayed. Conversation between he and God about all the things he could think of that he was thankful for. He said he was down there. He's not sure exactly how long, but it was quite some time while other people were just watching him at the altar. He couldn't give an explanation because, quite simply, he couldn't talk. And so he's just down there at the altar pouring his heart out before God in thankfulness. Finally, he says he gets to a point where he, he can't think of anything else to be thankful for. He gets up, goes to his altar, his tongue is released, and he said he gave one of the most beautiful sermons he's ever given in that, in that, on that Sunday. We have to allow ourselves to be thankful. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being so unthankful that God determined to seize my tongue and not let me say another word. But, in fact, we are called to be thankful, full of thanks, have a heart full of gratitude. Amen? Now, I just gave you a story about Europe, which seems incredibly far away, and, in fact, it is. But we have things to be thankful for right here. We did the DeWall shoe giveaway two weeks ago. And in the DeWall shoe giveaway, they gave, a, if I remember the right, 400 families received shoes, underwear, and socks for their kids. And I was positioned in the line of cars in such a way that they had to to make the turn into the property right where I was. The line was moving slow enough so that I was standing in front of each car and had an opportunity for about a one-minute conversation with each of them, tried to talk to them about God and how awesome he is and how they were doing. Just have these one-minute conversations the best as you can. And this car pulls up. And this little girl rolls the window down in the back seat, and she says, very excitedly, "She says I'm getting new underwear today." And I was all, "Yes, you are." And then she dropped her head and got a little sad, and she said, "You you don't think they're going to run out before I get up there, do you?" This is a little girl should be that's super excited about getting new underwear. And we think we don't have anything to be thankful for. We don't take the time to be thankful. I woke up this morning. I was fed. I had breath in my lungs. My clothes were clean. I didn't have to worry about which pair of shoes to wear except for that I had to figure out which of many pairs of shoes I had to wear. God has been good to us. And we should be thankful for that. And I think... Our responsibility to be thankful and how we are thankful and why we should be thankful is beautifully illustrated in Psalm 100, which is where I'm going to teach from today. So if you'll turn there, I'll go ahead and start that. Verse 1, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Knowing that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates in thanksgiving and hit with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Isn't that Good we have reason to be thankful and i want to talk about what those reasons are at least some of them with the extent of time that i have with you in regards to this text the first thing i want to tell you, say to you is we have we should be thankful that we can be people of joy and sadly we find ourselves more often well, i say more often than not but often enough to not be people of joy. We're negative by nature, but we're sinful by nature. But we serve a God who should cause us to be joyful, not out of obligation, not out of duty, but because he is worthy of our thankfulness. He has been so blessed. We have been so blessed by him and who he is and what he has done for us that joy should bubble up out of us. When I look at someone and I say, man, they're always angry or they're always bitter or they're always contradictory or they always have something negative to say or always talking about their brother, doing whatever it is someone else is doing besides being joyful, I know that they don't have a revelation of the God that I serve and they're not thankful for the things they already have. Because if I can look back at all the stuff that I am to be joyful for, I am unoffendable. Did you hear that? If you're walking around with an offense, it's because you don't understand how much God loves you. We have a right, a requirement to be joyful. I'm going to explain something to you out of the text of Philippians. The Bible says in 4 verse 4 of Philippians, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Man, that's a challenge to me. Is that a challenge to you? Because it doesn't say rejoice when things are good. It doesn't say rejoice when it happened the way that you wanted it to happen. Rejoice when you have money in your pocket, but don't rejoice when you don't. It doesn't say any of those things. It says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice, exclamation point. He's trying to make a point. Regardless of what we have going in our life, we should be joyful. Now, why should we be joyful? If the command in Psalm is to be joyful, to rejoice, to be glad, to be joyful, which is in verses 1 and 2, then what reason do we have to be joyful? Oh, my gosh. Well, let's use this text to find out. In verse 5, it says, Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. It means be rejoicing, rejoice, be gentle, be kind, let the people see that you have a reason to rejoice. Semicolon, I'm sorry, period, the Lord is near. Why am I rejoicing? Because God's right here. I can rejoice because of the presence of God because I know he holds me, because he sees me, because he loves me, because he encourages me by the power of his Holy Spirit, that he strengthens me by the power of his Holy Spirit. I can have joy to know that his desire for me is to prosper me, not to cause me to fail, that no matter what I'm going on, what I've got going on in my life, according to Romans 8:28, he's going to work it out towards my good because I love him and I've been called according to his purpose. Because he is near, I can be joyful. But you don't understand my situation, Pastor Jim. I don't understand your situation in its, in its particularness. But I do know the God that you claim you serve, and I know the God you claim you serve is bigger. And according to the word of God, the God that you serve that is bigger is right next to you. Be joyful because he is present. Amen? Guys, I'm not trying to talk religious speak to you. I'm trying to make it very plain. We should be people of joy. This, I found a quote. I don't typically read quotes or a whole lot of them. But it says this by Lloyd Ogilvy: Joy is the outward sign of inner grace. Which means joy is what we demonstrate to prove that we've received the grace of God. It is joy, not sadness, Not bickering, not fussing, not negative speech. That is the distinguishing mark of anyone who is truly thankful for the goodness of God. You want to prove you're thankful? Be joyful. Because you have reason to be joyful in that God is present. But you're all, Pastor, I'm I'm not sure I completely agree with that. My life is upside down. I've not received that which God has promised me. I'm still struggling to attain. Me too, brother. You ain't... I don't know how the song goes. You ain't the only one. I don't know I probably should have done, but you get the idea. You're not the only one. Now, do I hold stuff in my hand that I didn't have before? I sure do. Because God's faithful. And for His faithfulness, I should be joyful. But there's things that I... I open my hand that I haven't received yet. What do I do in those instances? Be joyful. You know why? Because we have a promise that God takes care of us. He continues in Philippians chapter 4. He says this, "'We have access to Him by prayer.'" He says, "'Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known before God.'" So he's saying, listen, if you have a problem, if you have something that you need, don't be anxious about it. Instead, pray, offer prayers of supplication, which means to ask God for what you need, with a heart of thanksgiving. You know what that means? That means with a preemptive understanding that you have a reason to be thankful. We should worship him before we have what it is we're worshiping him for because he's a faithful God and he hasn't forgotten us. Let your request be made known to God. In verse eight, it says this. And even when I don't have it, this is it doesn't say this. But even when I don't have it, how do I maintain my joy? In verse eight, he says, "Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise." Dwell on these things. What's what's Paul saying? He's saying, listen, if you can't have joy for the things you don't have yet, meditate on the things you do have. And when you meditate on the things you do have, which are all these things, things that are lovely and of good repute and all of these things, all of those came from God. The enemy didn't offer you any of those things. All perfect gifts come from God. Amen? Amen. And so if I don't hold it, I could still be joyful because in my meditation of how good he's always been to me, I can be thankful. And thankfulness breeds more thankfulness, which should breed joy in us. Gosh, that's good stuff right there. Because there are, quite honestly, days when I think, this is the worst. Like, I want to I drag myself around by my own coattails and, Whine about how tough it is and, man, the hours are hard and all of this stuff. But you know what? Instead of doing that, I meditate on the fact that God is true. That he has created an honorable man by the power of his Holy Spirit, and he too is honorable. That he shows me what is right. That my purity is of him, not me on and on and on. And I can dissect these to their smallest common denominator. We should be people that are joyful because we can be thankful. Amen? So we, we're joyful because of his presence, his faithfulness. He hasn't forgotten us. He is faithful. He is the definition of faithful. First Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful through whom we were called into fellowship with his Son, Christ Jesus our Lord. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Can we get excited about that? Can we be thankful for that, that he's faithful, that he's unwavering, that he's not determined to leave you or forsake you? And then finally, Psalms, the psalm we're discussing today doesn't just command that we be joyful. It doesn't say, Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth serve the Lord with gladness, come before Him with joyful singing. It doesn't just say that. What I want to draw your focus to is we have another reason to be joyful, and that is because we get the opportunity to serve Him. Oh, I knew Pastor was going to slide in that service moment. Yes, I am. You know why? Because we should serve joyfully which means we should joyfully pursue opportunities to serve. Whether it's inside this congregation, it's our families, it's our workplaces, all of these things are possible because God gave us the strength and the ability to do it, and we should be thankful for that. Amen? But we have a better reason to be thankful and in our thankfulness joyful than the psalmist adds. Because the psalmist only had the promise of Jesus. We have Jesus. He was waiting on the Messiah. We have possession of the Messiah. He was guided by the law. We are taught by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are given revelation and wisdom by the Holy Spirit. We are encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Because of the work of Christ, we should be thankful that he came, that he died, that he suffered on the cross so that we could be in relationship with him. This should all cause us incredible joy because the, the opposite of our life in Christ Jesus is eternal separation from God. And we don't have that. You know what I have? I have the hope of a better future because I have the hope of a better future. I should be thankful I'm thankful that God is present wherever I go. I'm thankful that God is faithful wherever I go. I thank, I'm thankful that I get to serve him. I am thankful that all of it is made possible in Christ Jesus. Amen? That's not all the psalmist says here. As beautiful as that is and as easily as it would be, to just walk away and say, there you go. Because I think I've given you more information than you can dissect right now anyway. He continues in verse 3. He says, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Three things that are necessarily important here. One, he is God. Know that the Lord himself is God. I wish the Holy Spirit had inspired the psalmist to put in parentheses, and you ain't. But he didn't. The Lord is God. He made us. We didn't. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture, which means he's willing to take care of us. Amen? Amen. He is God, not us. It's by his power, his strength, his voice, his wisdom, his sustainment, that all things were created, including us. It's by him that everything in the universe works exactly as it's supposed to work. It's by his power that the oceans know where to stop. It's by his power that the sun knows where to rise and where to set. It's by his power that every star was placed. It was by his power that every animal was created. It was by his wisdom, his knowledge, that all of these things work perfectly in unison together. And we try to make it work on our own. I don't understand it. We should be thankful that we serve a God that didn't just create and walk away but determined to maintain and stay within the intricacies of our life because he is God. But not only is he God, according to this text, he made us. Psalm 139 says it as well as I could, better. You, were for, you formed my inward parts. I want you to listen to the intimacy of this text. This isn't some displaced God that just determined to make you and walk away from you. You formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Y'all ever seen anybody knit something together, how, how incredibly detailed and focused they are when they do that? You wove me in my mother's womb. I give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works let skip to 16. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. He made us beautifully, intricately. People that crack me up, man, and when I say crack me up, I mean frustrate me when they say all this is a process of evolution. You put a million monkeys in front of a million typewriters, and eventually you're going to get a novel that's not true. That's absolutely ridiculous. Let me tell you, there is a. it takes more faith to believe that foolishness than it takes to have faith to believe that God created you. But not just created you, loved you enough to do it in detail so that you would be beautifully and wonderfully made. And not only that, but have a plan for your life that knows from the very inception of who you are to the last breath that you take every minute of your existence because he's present every moment that you exist. Man, can we get something to be thankful about. But there's more, and just in this verse, he continues by saying, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. You know what that means? That means he takes care of us because he's the shepherd. We're the sheep in his pasture. For anybody that has any familiarity at all with the scripture, your mind immediately jumps to Psalms 23 or probably does. And I'm going to read this to you. I'm not going to dissect it because I don't quite honestly don't have time. But I want you to listen to the provision of God over your life in Psalm 23 and all the reasons we should be thankful. The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And there's a reason my granny made me memorize this before I was even saved, like in the ninth grade. I didn't know it then, but she wanted me to know that God deserves our praise, that God takes care of us. If you'll look through this, you just see simple things that are so profound that he restores us, that he guides us, ensures that we are who we should be, that he, he comforts us. Any Anybody in here ever needed to be comforted by the Spirit of God and receive that comfort? I have, and I'm thankful for it. My cup overflows. Goodness and loving kindness follow me. And here's the thing if you didn't have anything else to be thankful for, if I dropped dead in the next 10 seconds and I had to answer at the foot of God for all the things I've been thankful for, am I ready? Because that day's coming because He says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And why am I thankful? I'm thankful because I get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. In the presence of no pain, in the presence of no tears, in the presence of a God that is so beautiful, so bright, so lovely, that eternity doesn't even require a son. And we struggle to find things to be thankful for. Here's why I think that is. And it's the last point I'll make to you. Is that we need to be thankful for his goodness. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. Well, verse 4 is what we should do. Verse 5 is why we should do what we do. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. At the time the psalmist wrote this, the presence of God manifested himself in the temple. That's why this verbiage exists. His gates and his courts. And So they would go into his gates and into his courts with thanksgiving. Here's the thing. We don't go to a temple to worship anymore. You are the temple of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not as thankful as we should be because we've convinced ourselves that thankfulness is something that should happen in a church house. Thankfulness should be a sign for us to God and for the people watching us that we serve a God worth being thankful over. Why? Because he is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations. And I am thankful for all of those things. We should be thankful for all of those things. Amen?